My mental health has been an all-time low. It's not just from work, it's from living during a pandemic. It's been really tough. So my anxiety, it was pretty bad. I would run downstairs to where nobody could see me and I would have an anxiety attack, wipe off the tears, and then get back to work as if nothing had happened. When or if you start to lose it, as many of us have, and I've certainly gone down that path myself and been down at the very bottom, is you've got to have the tools to get yourself out of it. Hello, everybody. I'm Kelly Martin, and you're listening to Making It Work, made possible by FedEx. Some things are not easy to talk about, but as we'll hear in this episode, that can make the conversation all the more important. This time around, we're discussing struggles with mental health. The entrepreneurs will be sharing their experiences of depression, anxiety, even suicide. A warning that some of this will be difficult to listen to. But these small business owners and everyone here at Making It Work want you to know that you're not alone. And we believe speaking openly about mental health is a vital first step. So let's talk. Asking the questions is Tom Scallon. We've covered mental health before on this podcast. If you listen to our COVID specials, our episode on when you should just give up, even the one on time management, you'll soon notice it doesn't take long for the topics of depression and anxiety to rear their ugly heads. Our minds don't really respect the parameters of podcast structure. It doesn't matter if we're talking about manufacturing abroad or innovation. Our mental health struggles are there whether we try to hide them or not. And the more of these interviews I do, the more I realise that these remarkable entrepreneurs will stop at very little to succeed. They're making it work, but often they're making it work at a cost. Before I spoke to these small business owners about mental health, I asked them whether they were comfortable talking about it. They all said yes. So let's begin the conversation with Myra Hernandez. She co-founded Chicago Coffee House Back of the Yards Coffee Company in 2016. Severe anxiety attacks at work ultimately led to a breakdown and hospitalization. After seeking help, she found that she needed to take a break from the business and have some alone time. Well, thank you for asking if I'm okay with the mental health questions. And I feel like that's my area of expertise now. (laughs) I have suffered a lot with mental health, specifically with anxiety, severe anxiety and depression. And when I became an entrepreneur, I thought that the reason I was having anxiety attacks and you know the depression was because of the business. But after much therapy and reflection and soul searching, I realized that I've been carrying a lot of trauma from past experiences and that the stress from running a business kind of just exaggerated everything and and brought every a lot of things up to the surface. Last year around this time is when I I suffered the most with my depression and I actually had to be hospitalized. I guess you could say I was quarantined before the quarantine <laughs> because I decided to to kind of just stay in my room for a couple of months, basically from November up until until March, I took some time off. I needed to sleep. I needed to rest. I took that time to see a therapist and to see my doctors. And together, we came up with a plan. And thankfully, I'm very grateful I was able to to overcome my depression. I was able to overcome my anxiety. And then just when I was about ready to come out into the world, the pandemic hits and Chicago was put on lockdown. So you staying in your room for two months 
Was that a symptom of or an antidote to your depression? Uh, that was an antidote. I had been working so hard, working 14, 16 hour days sometimes. I didn't give myself enough time to rest. So being locked in my room, it was hard for me to do that because I kept thinking I need to get up and work. I should be working right now. But um, I, I knew that I needed to give myself a break. So I stayed in my room. I just read books, slept a lot. <laughs> and it turns out that I, my body just needed to rest. I know for some people, being locked in a room or sleeping a lot is because of their, their depression, but it's different for everybody. And for me, I kept avoiding addressing my anxiety and avoiding accepting that I had depression by overworking myself. How did your anxiety manifest itself? So my anxiety was, it was pretty bad. I would hyperventilate. My anxiety attacks would last for about an hour and sometimes I was having up to two or three anxiety attacks a day. Unfortunately, this was happening sometimes while I was working. At the coffee house, when, <laughs> when you would come and grab a cup of coffee, you would see me, you would have no idea. I would be smiley, laughing, Myra. I'd work for an hour or two, and then I would start to feel my body tense up. And so I would run downstairs to where nobody could see me, and I would have an anxiety attack and wait it out, you know, wipe off the tears and then get back to work as if nothing had happened. And that happened for a long time. And, and, and that was, I know that that was very harmful for me. But again, I just kept thinking, I have to keep working, I have to keep working. Um, so, you know, people had no idea that this was happening to me. You know, in fact, even before I would do interviews like this, or I would, you know, before I'd have to meet with a reporter sometimes i would be i would be in the washroom having an anxiety attack and again wipe off the tears and try to look as normal as possible and and go back out and and do my thing so i want people to know that even while you could be in the midst of of doing something great of doing something amazing you could still be suffering from depression i used to i guess shame myself for being depressed because i would say well I'm in the best time of my life. I I have this amazing business. I have amazing customers. Like we're doing good. Our business is thriving. Our name is growing. How could I possibly feel so sad inside? Something is wrong with me, but I wouldn't accept the depression. So it's really important to pay attention to to your body and how you're feeling. Because even while you're doing something amazing, something that's good, for the community, uh, you could still be suffering from, from these feelings, from depression. Does lockdown hit home the importance of doing something really simple, like serving someone a coffee and having a conversation with them and giving them somewhere else to go and clear their mind? The coffee house had been serving as that from the beginning. While I was working behind a counter serving coffee, I would you know come across a lot of people that would just open up to me as I'm making their coffee. And, and I realize huh, that our, a lot of people are struggling out there. They just need somebody to talk to. And I was happy to be that listening ear at the coffee house. How important is talking about it? It's very important for me to talk about this. It gets easier and easier to talk about it. At first, it was very challenging because 
I felt embarrassed, but as I forced myself to talk about it more, then I, I realized that there's other people that identify with this. And then you start to learn that you're not the only one and that a lot of us are struggling with this. So it actually becomes more healing for me to speak about my experiences with, with anxiety and depression. So it is important to talk about it, normalize it as much as possible. Recognizing that mental health is still a taboo subject in the Latinx community, Myra now helps other people in Back of the Yard Chicago talk about their depression and anxiety issues. Another advocate for mental health is Philadelphia-based entrepreneur Paul Palace. As CEO of hardware supplier Swissco, pressure kind of comes with the terrain. That's why he's constantly working to keep on top of his own mental health, as well as that of his employees. But when the pandemic hit last year, that became a lot more difficult, and the stress of uncertainty almost became a little too tough to handle. Mental health is a good topic for entrepreneurship. It is something that is overlooked of how stressful running a business can be. It can be very scary when you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about some potentially major issues that could affect your business. And you'll lay in bed just going over the same details over and over again when you really just need to go back to sleep and you'll feel better in the morning. It is a struggle. And it's something I absolutely struggle with. And I go through periods of time where I feel really good and I don't do that as much. And then I'll go through periods of time that I'll be very anxious. I have to be one of the luckiest CEOs in the world. I have a wife that is a therapist who specializes in anxiety. So she's very helpful to bounce things off of. She has given me so many tips and taught me skills on how to handle my anxiety, of how to be in the present, how to really understand my thoughts and my worries. I want to make it clear, she is not my therapist. <laughs> that, is, that wouldn't be a healthy relationship. But she um, has taught me the skills of how to just handle anxiety. And it, it's been really, really helpful. And I find one of the major problems with mental health and entrepreneurship is that I'll be in a bad place. So I'll start working on my mental health and I'll start improving it. And I, I have many different ways. Maybe it's journal writing or maybe it's um, meditation or exercising. And I will start doing those healthy practices. I will pull myself out of a bad place and I'll start feeling good again. And my problem every time is then I start letting go of those healthy, healthy things I was doing to make myself feel better. And eventually, I will find myself in a bad place again when the next stressful event or something happens. Because when you're feeling good, it feels like you're always going to feel good. And when you're feeling bad, unfortunately, it almost feels like you're always going to feel bad. Has COVID-19 had an impact on your mental health? So with the pandemic today, as an entrepreneur, I've realized how fragile the business can be and the economy can be. And that is such a scary thought that something can happen in the world and your business can be permanently changed overnight. And that is such a scary thought. So my mental health has been an all-time low. It's not just from work. It's from living during a pandemic, living with my young family of no longer being able to have releases of going out to restaurants or getting together at parties or friends. It's been really tough. So no longer do I have outlets. 
I also had the worry of my business could be hurt and could go away. It's just, there's a lot of scary thoughts out there right now. And I think, I don't think entrepreneurs should be scared to actually reach out for help if it's necessary. Reach out to talk to a therapist, reach out to your primary doctor if you don't know where to start and just talk to them about if you're having really hard moments and running a business because if you mentally check out, your business is going to suffer. Your staff is going to notice your energy is gone and it is infectious and you need to be careful of that. And it is a struggle I'm having. I'm managing it as best as I can. But if I wasn't managing it, I would be absolutely in trouble. And um, it's something that is really important to not ignore your mental health. It feels like managing is the key word here because you have to just come to terms with the fact that these feelings will always creep back on you at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So and it's it's so hard. So you'll find a management technique that works for you. And different things are going to work for different people. Even when you're feeling good, you need to pay attention to your mental health and do the activities that help you stay in a good place. I suppose that struggles with your mental health didn't start on the day you became CEO, but does it manifest itself in different ways now there's more at stake? It's not just because I... I'm a CEO and I have a lot of responsibility. I Anybody could be, be dealing with anxiety and depression. But as an entrepreneur, I start focusing on the business. And if the business starts doing poorly, what's going to happen to my staff and their lives? And it's just going to affect so many people. And that's such a scary thought. And that's just what I become obsessed on. And I'm sure that's a very common obsession for entrepreneurs. Do you think entrepreneurs should open up more about struggles they have with mental health and their mood? Yeah, I think it's a really difficult thing to open up about it because you're seen as a leader. You're supposed to be strong and just always happy and always energized. And to open up and talk about it is sometimes really hard, but it is the first step on acknowledging that you could use some help. If you're struggling, you need to seek help. You're listening to Making It Work, coming up. Are you starting to look at your success as an entrepreneur as your success as a person? And if you're starting to tie those things together, those are dangerous thought patterns to follow. You know, there's there's plenty of people who commit suicide, um, who, and this is this is pretty close to me because it just happened two days ago to actually to the guy who started the company with us. There's something happening like Dave's suicide. Does that make you step back and think about things really deeply? Yes and no. Does it make me step back? No. It makes me lean in. If you're a regular Making It Work listener, you'll have probably heard us talking about entrepreneurship as an identity. Without getting too Dr. Phil on you, we try to deconstruct this idea and separate the realities of being a small business owner from the macho myth. And that's because this identity can be a big weight to carry. It's make money, never give up, stop at nothing. Not many people talk about supply issues, lazy employees and cash flow problems. Even fewer talk about crying panic attacks, and the fact that sometimes 
it all gets a bit too much. Our next entrepreneur, Dahlia Rizik, was no stranger to the subject of mental health when she started out. Before she founded her New Hampshire-based business, Buckomi Baby Coats, in 2017, Dahlia worked as a mental health counsellor. That helped her recognise the warning signs of depression, as well as reminding her that success shouldn't come at the expense of your mental health. I think that entrepreneurship is a beautiful journey, but it does have a risk of depression associated with it. Lots of times people will think that it's associated with how much time you put into entrepreneurship. And if you're putting in too much time, then the boundaries are bad and you're not giving enough attention to your life, which leads to a risk of depression. But I think it has more to do with hope and expectations and hopelessness and self-care. You know, are you checking in with yourself and making sure that you're enjoying what you love? Are you optimistic about what's happening? Are you finding yourself starting to slip into patterns of thinking that are very negative? Are you starting to look at your success as an entrepreneur as your success as a person? And if you're starting to tie those things together, um, my product is not successful, therefore I'm not successful. My product is not wanted, therefore I'm not wanted. This is hopeless and it's not working, therefore I feel hopeless. Those are dangerous thought patterns to follow. And, and the problem with those thought patterns is they're very sneaky and they're very quiet. And lots of times people don't notice that that's what's happening. And so that kind, the kind of depressive symptoms can creep, creep up on you and you find yourself having a harder time getting out of bed in the morning, you know, jumping into your day and feeling excited about the things that you want to do. So I think that, you know, entrepreneurs who are just starting out have to really find a way to build a, a nice wall between themselves and their product. This is what I bring to the world and this is what I do, but it's not who I am. And you have to set realistic and reasonable goals for yourself. Uh, this may work and it may not work. And if it doesn't work, that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with me as a person. It just means that I need to try again in a different way, or I need to try again with a different product. And I think it's, it's really important to have those separations in order to feel good about yourself and, and have the energy to keep going. Do you think there's possibly a bit of a harmful rhetoric around entrepreneurship? Things like just keep on going at any cost, never give up. And that pushes people into a corner sometimes and, and causes them problems with mental health. I do think so, because I think that concept of go at any cost is, is dangerous. You know, I think that you do need to push and you do need to hang on to what you believe is going to work. But I think that you need to also build a line in the sand that belongs to you, doesn't belong to somebody else. One of the things that happens when you start a new business is you hear no from a lot of people. People all over the place are going to tell you that you can't do what you want to do or you can't do exactly what you're already doing. It's not going to work. And you have to learn to not listen to that. But sometimes in not listening to that, people lose sight of their own nose and they lose sight of noticing what their boundaries are with their product. A good example is with mine. I had heard no from a lot of people. You know, I sell coats that are designed for the car seat and I heard from coat manufacturers that this isn't needed. When I was trying to set up production and I had no production experience, I can't tell you how many factories who said to me, there is no way that you will ever be able to do this. You clearly have no experience and this is not going to work. But I knew that parents needed it and I knew I could figure it out. But sometimes you take that hurdle, I jumped over the snow, and you tell yourself it's going to be a road of no nose. 
but you have to create your own built-in nose. Like for me, for example, as a single mother, I didn't want to go heavily into debt over this project. So I set an expectation. This is what my boundary is. I'm willing to take on this much risk. I'm willing to take on this much debt. And here are the markers that I need to see in order to know that it's working. Are people interested? Do I have sales? What's my financial picture look like? For my first year, my financial picture was upside down. I was losing money. But I understood that if I brought my costs down and changed my production patterns and I kept the demand the same, that I would be cash flow positive and I could keep going. But when I saw that I needed that adjustment, I said to myself, you have one more year on this project because we're not going into debt over this. Could you tell me a little about the red flags or warning signs when it comes to depreciating mental health when you're a small business owner? I think they're the same as the red flags for any depressive symptoms. Are you having a hard time getting up in the morning? Are you finding it uh, difficult to find joy or happiness in the small details of your life? Are you negative and, and irritable most of the time? Are you tired all of the time? Not tired in a way that is, I'm just tired, but more tired in a way of that deep sort of hopeless exhaustion that often comes with depression. You know, you have to watch for those and you want to watch for patterns. Everyone has their good days or bad days. But if you're finding that your bad days are starting to outweigh your good days and your bounce back rate is just not as high, you might want to talk to someone because it is a hard and lonely journey. And and it does help to have someone to bend an ear and say, hey, here are some things you might want to consider doing. And you can feel a whole lot better. Unlike the guests from season one, I haven't met many of the season two entrepreneurs in person. This meant that the preamble and introductions when I was interviewing them went on a little longer. After all, they probably wanted to know why some random British guy was grilling them on their businesses. My first interview was with Nick Hawks, a San Diego-based entrepreneur who started his business Paleo Treats in 2009. And he got something off his chest pretty early on. You're the sole owner of the company now. Uh, my wife and I own it together. We started it with a good friend who uh, actually killed himself on Monday. So there's kind of a little bit of a, a closure there just two days ago. Nick's friend was called Dave. And the tragedy of his suicide really put the rest of our conversation in perspective. So before I hand the mic over to Nick, I'll say this. Whether you're an entrepreneur or not... If you're suffering from anxiety, depression, or even if you're just feeling a little down, please, please talk to someone. Being an entrepreneur and, and being mentally healthy and being successful is this kind of tri, tripartite thing, is that you've got to have all of those things working well in order to, to do each one of them well. They all support each other. And so the idea of having a conscious decision about your mental health in order to be a good entrepreneur, or in order to be successful is pretty important. And you've got to decide and figure out what, what works for you. And different things work for different people. You've got to figure out what is going to be good for you mentally. And if you don't, if you don't, you run the risk of, of wiping yourself out. You know, there's, there's plenty of people who commit suicide, um, who, and this is this is pretty close to me because it just happened two days ago to actually to the guy who started the company with us. Um, is if you don't have a higher purpose, if you don't have this conscious focus on what will keep you mentally healthy, uh, you're at at really high risk for deciding that this this experience is not for you. And so, I look at at that stuff and and is mental health you know 
an important part of being an entrepreneur. Like it's as critical as making money. It's as critical for a business. It's as critical as, as having a good product is that you stay in this strong, mentally um, healthy state. And whatever the the tools are you use to achieve that, whether it's meditation or, you know, uh, physical health, whether you're doing cold water immersion or you're doing intermittent fasting or red lights or whatever wacky kooky stuff, you know, rainbow bathing, whatever's out there is that that's on you to maintain that as, as much as you can. And then when, when, or if you start to lose it, as many of us have, and I've certainly gone down that path myself and been down at the very bottom is you've got to have the tools to get yourself out of it. Were the suicidal thoughts that you had linked to being in business? No, I think that uh, for me, it was, it's just a part of who I am that runs in the family. And it also, I think it runs throughout humanity. I, I, you know, suicide in general is this really taboo topic, which is nonsense because so many of us go through um, struggles with, with those thoughts. Um, and those are to different intensities. So I, I get kind of castigated when I talk about this publicly because people say, oh, you don't know what depression is. That's not clinical depression. You know, as if the clinical depression is like this prize that they want and only they can talk about is that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you can be pretty depressed and who cares if it's clinical or not. And so I, I think it's this human condition where we go through cycles. You go through ups and you go through downs. Everybody does. You know, the only time you're flat is when you're dead. And so you have these moments of extraordinary joy and you have these moments of deep despair. And it's on you as a human to learn how to deal with those and to manage those and to remember each of each of them as clearly as you can because they're all a part of this, this short 80-year existence we have on the planet. And they're all to be kind of cherished as, as a part of that existence and to know that you've gone through these extremes and made it through both sides of them. There's something happening like Dave's suicide. Does that make you step back and think about things really deeply? Yes and no. Does it make me step back? No. It makes me lean in. Um, I, I just look at, at Dave and, and who he was and how much I loved that guy and, and respected him. And it's just this thing like, uh, the, the answer is not is never to step back and, and withdraw your, um, your sensory kind of uh, connection to the world. The, the answer for me is always to lean in harder, to feel more, to, to engage more with the world. And maybe that's that's being an extrovert um, and an introvert will not have the, the same reaction. Does it make me think deeply? Gosh, maybe. Um, yeah. As I, I think about, and it reminds me, it's you know funny we're having this conversation now when I've had this chance over the past couple of days to, to think about what that meant to me and how I'm going to behave and how I'm going to react and how I'm going to help and, and is there anything I'm going to change or you know have I been doing it kind of right the whole time? Um, is I think that, yeah, that's, the point is to feel the whole part of this existence as deeply as possible. You, you spoke about being castigated for talking openly about suicide. Why do you think this conversation is so hard, the conversation of the link between mental health and suicide and entrepreneurship? Ah, it's a, it's a, a heavy topic to talk about. It's, uh, you know, it's not light and fun and sunny is, is we're talking about states of existence that are extremely painful. And for the most part, and for good reason, humans don't like to experience pain, don't like to deal with it, don't like to, to talk about it. Do you have any messages for entrepreneurs that are struggling with their mental health? Yeah, take some time and think deeply about how you want to interact with the world. You know, I, I've mentioned the strategies, the strategy and the two tactics is make sure you have that purpose. And the two tactics is just wait 24 hours and think about that person who you love or who loves you uh, finding you in that state. And those two things should get you through. 
as far as the, the bigger picture, you've got to look at what you're doing and figure out if it's working for you. And if it's not working, you have to change it. Like anything that you do, you just have to start it in a really small place and just keep going. You just got to keep taking those next steps. And that will be your path to success, whether that's success in business or mental health or personal accomplishment or your love life or whatever. Like it's just those small steps, one after the other, inexorable. Just keep on going until you get where you want to be. Coming up next time. How has entrepreneurship changed you? Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, another heavy question. I've always worked for myself and it is a really nice feeling that I get to decide what I do every day and I couldn't imagine it any other way. Those 10 hour days standing up at those trade shows and we see these kids hug these backpacks and say, mommy, she looks like me. It's all worth it. And no amount of corporate stability could take the place of that. That's it for this episode of Making It Work. The content in this podcast episode is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you or someone you know is affected by anxiety or depression, experiencing suicidal thoughts, or has been struggling with mental health, please talk to someone and seek help. There are numerous crisis resources available at the National Institute for Mental Illness at nimh.nih.gov. Thanks to our entrepreneurs, Myra Hernandez, Paul Pallas, Dahlia Rizik, and Nick Hawks for speaking so candidly about this tough topic. Don't forget to comment and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, you can always get in touch with the Making It Work team at makingitwork at fedex.com. Making It Work is produced by Yolene Margri, written by Tom Scallon, and edited by Lars Blockenberg, with creative direction from Jeroen von Koningshoven. Music by Fresh Big Mouth, who created this song with actual sounds from the FedEx Superhub in Memphis, Tennessee. This show is delivered to you by FedEx and presented by Tom Scallon and me, Kelly Martin. 